Hello, listeners. It is the Dallasite Chris Merman, lover of about 32.5% of everything my state has to offer. And the rest, well, we can discuss later. Um, to this time, we're coming to you with uh, principle eight, right? Which is um, focusing on sustainable pace. The, the cool thing about this episode, I did it with Andy Clef. Andy is, uh, is kind of a, a language nerd, a fellow wordsmither. Um, he loves digesting the words, uh, of, of everything. He loves just kind of like, it's like a, it's like a, a nice glass of whatever you want to have to drink, right? Just enjoying it kind of one sip at a time. And, and he, he really encourages me to do that. And, and not just ignore parts. Sometimes I tend to glom on the specific words, right? Like, for example, sustainable is the word that everybody loves to focus on here. There is so much more to this topic to review than just that. Um, it, we go into the, um, to the indefinitely, what does indefinitely mean? The whole, you know, sprint versus marathon, do, do, you know, is the word sprint even valuable anymore? Um, I, I always, I've been looking at these kind of intros we're doing with new, you know, post COVID quarantine uh, lenses and sustainable is really interesting now, isn't it? Isn't it fun to think about, well, some days it's not fun because some people have been working from home or working more remote, haven't been traveling as much, haven't been going to the office as much. For some people, that has meant more work than they're used to, less work-life balance. That's something that uh, people ops, HR departments have been really focused on during the last couple of years, which is how do we help with the work-life balance? So that that sits in the sustainable, right, which is just the amount of stuff you're trying to get done in a single day. But also, some people are less busy. They don't have as much time to, to interact. There's no in-between meeting times. So you're either back to back to back to back all day long. Many of you are like that. And some people have big gaps in the day and have been used to filling it with going and seeing somebody, dropping by their office. Hey, how's this going? How's that going? How can we help with this? A lot of my work in the past has been focused on, on that aspect. And it's really hard to kind of figure out what does it even mean to be sustainable, right? How do I, how do I make sure that my, my team's days are evenly spaced, that they're not feeling too overwhelmed? A lot of times these days, the best thing I can do is just tell everybody to knock off early on a Friday because we've had a really great week and there's no reason to, reason to kill yourself. Or, hey, you know, you, we've got some early meetings and early mornings coming up, so let's not work too late days. Um, that's kind of seen what sustainable has been like for me. Um, but it means something different for everybody. So I, I encourage you, when you read this, when you hear this, what does the word sustainable mean to you? Sustainable pace indefinitely, right? Like those are the three words we think of. What does that mean? And, and how can we think of a better way to do it moving forward? So thanks again for listening, everybody. Here is Principle 8. Hi, this is David Anderson of Lean Kanban. You're listening to the Agile Uprising podcast. On the eighth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me... Eight made the milking. Seven swans are swimming. Six laying geese. Five golden rings. Four clouds.
calling by ads. Three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. Welcome to 12 Days of Agile. I am the Texan, Chris Merman. With me is Andy Clef, my brother in love. Currently Philadelphian, so that, that's perfect. The city of brotherly love. I did not do that on purpose. I would love yes, to tell you I'm did. that smart. I would love to tell you I'm that smart. We're doing principle eight. Agile processes promote sustainable development. The sponsors, developers, and users should be able to maintain a constant pace indefinitely. Now, we were talking, Andy, before we started recording. This is probably one of the most misquoted and misunderstood of the principles, yes? Yeah. There's so many bad metaphors out there and misunderstandings. It's going to be fun to unpack this one with you, Chris. Okay. So, well, let's start with, let's start with some of the history behind this principle. You were telling me that during our, our manifesto series that several of the 17 signees c- contributed little bits and pieces to kind of this. So I guess, so for, for listeners, uh, this will be kind of a, a good history lesson. Where, where did this principle come from, Andy? My understanding is that Kent Beck, in his first edition of Extreme Programming, 1999, we refer to it XP, suggested that developers or the team work more, no more than 40 hours a week. And in the rare instances where overtime was necessary, never do that a second week in a row. So I, I think Kent gets the foundation award for coming up with the original concept of a sustainable pace. Bob Martin, Uncle Bob, looked at it and and he added to it a concept of the eight-hour burn, meaning you could burn, you could go flat out for eight hours and, and do that sort of intensive energy aspect and, and pulled it away a little bit from, eh, it's a whole week, don't worry about it. Because shit, you could do forty hours in two days. Right. Um, then Ron Jeffries came came along, and I think he added the concept of sustainable pace to combine both Uncle Bob's and and Kent's. It's not about a forty hour work week. It's not about an eight hour day. It is a sustainable pace. And then Alistair came along and said, "Huh, sustainable pace. That's about two things. It's about." maintaining project effectiveness and a social responsibility to the team. An early exploration into the concept that we call today work-life balance. Mm -hmm. Kind of summarizing all of those different pieces is, do we have the ability to press ourselves more intensely? Most of the time, yes, right? So while we have the ability to press and push I always use the metaphor of pegging the RPMs on a car, right? While we have the ability to put the pedal to the metal, you know, get it to its its top speed, right? You wouldn't want to do it over a long period of time. And that's one of the biggest misconceptions that I see. When someone new to this mindset looks at this and goes, sustainable pace, what, take it easy, go slow? No, that's not what this means. Just as you described, sometimes you put the pedal to the metal. You expend energy really vigorously to get through something. But as you also said, you let the pedal up. And so you regain capability by taking time to rest. And I think it's a combo of those two. This is where I I guess where I kind of get hung up a little bit is because there's a, 
you know, the first the first sentence we can totally get behind that, right? Sustainable development. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of pieces of that. There's a technical aspect to sustainable development that's definitely part of XP. There's a, a people aspect to it, which is kind of what you were referring to with that Alistair kind of brought in about work-life balance, right? Sustainable work. But this, like the first part of the next sentence, the sponsors, developers, and users. What does that mean? Like I get the whole like sponsors, there's a there's an aspect of, that the sponsor plays in us in a constant pace indefinitely. Developers have a role of a constant pace indefinitely. But what is the user? What how does the user contribute to a constant pace indefinitely? Have you ever thought about that? No, I haven't. You caught me off guard. So the word's always been there for 15, 16 years. I would say off the cuff that users must continue to use what we deliver. And and we can't take them out of the equation. Constant pace indefinitely. Um, I, we can quibble in a bit about what we mean by constant pace. Well, let's not wait a bit. For me, it, it maintained a stable and predictable mm. pace. Oh, you... You hit a trigger word for me just now. My body just convulsed when you said predictable. I don't know if it's constant. But anyway, the idea behind all of what we do with this mindset, with these principles and value, is to enable continuous delivery of value to our users. And if our users aren't in the game but once every 18 months, right? what's the point? It's not sustainable development. Our fellow board member and friend Colleen, she talks about and and Kanban being, you know, can you can you can you use metrics around work that's already in production to inform the work that's entering the Kanban board on the left hand side, right? Can we allow our users to inform our work and make decisions based upon not just what we not just what the sponsors think, not just what the developers think, but can the users, can we all work together to to have a a steady a steady flow. That's the word what I that I use when I think of constant pace and definitely. I think of steady and and we joked earlier about like marathon, sprint, you know, whatever kind of a thing. I don't I don't care whatever like maybe it's not even a race, right? Maybe this the idea of race means that you can win at something, right? Like this is not this is not a comp like this principle is not about a competition. It's really just about can we steadily keep keep things flowing. I'll take your improvement on my stable and predictable and will approve your pull request to include <laughs> steady. Maintain a steady pace indefinitely. And, and go back again to these metaphors that people keep throwing at us that are horrible. Yeah, it's it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. Well, in a sense, a marathon ends after what? 24.6, 26.4? You take a break. So it, it's, you cannot continue to run the pace of a marathon indefinitely. You exhaust yourself, you exhaust your team members, which I think is where Kent and Bob and all these people are coming from is, yeah, 40 hours a week, eight hours a day, work-life balance. It, these are constraints that we want to put in to ensure that we are not exhausting ourselves, ourselves being the sponsors, the developers, the users. If if we're shipping every 11 seconds and expecting user feedback, well, I guess we can accomplish that, but it is somewhat automated. It is not focus groups every 11 seconds, but it's it's data coming into our system. 
Yeah, the, the, lean, the lean principle of optimizing the whole is what comes to mind when I think of this, right? So like if we're, if sponsors, developers, users, if we're all working together, we are optimizing the whole of our flow, right? We have done our, our, our kind of mapping of, of our, our workflow and we've, we've seen the pain points and we've identified them all. Like, can we optimize the whole thing? to promote sustainable development. And, and development can also be, I mean, we can take development out and just sustainable sustainable work, right? Because again, we not everybody may be developing, but can these processes that we set up, right? Can we get rid of all the metaphor words? I mean, I, I you know, I, I was trying to Google before we started recording, like when, when the term sprint came up. I know the Scrum. I know that the first white paper on Scrum was out before the manifesto was written. So I know the the idea of a sprint has been out for a very very long time. And in fact, the Scrum guide still uses the word sprint, despite you know I've got three certifications. I I hate that word, but so it still exists, right? There's 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 still this idea of we've got to get going. We've got to get we've got to speed up. We've got to get you know crank more and more out, right? because we need a you're not the only one that uses the word predictable right we've got to know when is my stuff going to get done when can i when can this new work item be worked on right we're we're always trying to figure out um and i think this principle is kind of been bastardized to sort of encourage this to a degree right right and and it comes back to sustainable and what happens if we don't do a sustainable I think we need also an emphasis on steady pace and indefinitely. I was talking to somebody about game theory the other day, finite games versus infinite games. And this might be a topic fun for a podcast, but the the idea of a finite game is there's a winner and a loser and it's over when it's over. It's a marathon or it's a sprint. Somebody crosses the finish line, they're first place. No one else is in first place. That's a finite game. What we're playing in most of our development, whether it's software, hardware, is an infinite game. We want to stay in business infinitely. And we can't do that if we don't have a sustainable pace. One of the, one of the first phrases I ever learned in, in leadership was, there's always another release, right? You can always, you can always have another release. You don't, have to, you don't have to squeeze everything in. There's always another release kind of a thing or another or another iteration. Another train leaving the station. You mentioned the, the, the concept of technical development. So there's a danger here that I see where there is always another release. Sometimes when you're forced to go redline, you will take shortcuts. Sometimes if you are forced into that second week of overtime, you don't realize your cognitive abilities have seriously dropped. And, and this is one of the things, um, I think it was Martin Fowler borrowed the financial metaphor of debt and brought it into our craft of software development and said, you are creating technical debt in your software. And I wonder if this concept of, yeah, there's no release next week. There's another release in a month. Let's take a shortcut now because we've got to mis- maintain this incredible pace leads to the creation of debt over time. That points to this idea of w- what do I get for my effort? You know, whether it be if we're trying to, again, something predictable, right? Or, uh, or measurable, okay? You're speaking to this idea of trade-offs, right? So, well, we want this feature, we want this thing, we want this widget out into the world, and we're willing to ship with a couple of bugs in order to get this thing out into the world. And I think 
on its face, that's not a necessarily a mortal sin, so to speak. But this idea of, well, what are we willing to trade off in order to to do so? I, I, I coach I coach a lot of the business side of companies now because we we're strangely enough in in the agile community we've gotten better at the transactional kind of framework coaching right like we'll do the we'll do the stand up and we'll do the retro and the planning thing and we can do the delivery thing right but like what does it truly mean for the business side to to have agility and there the the concept of a trade off is so foreign to them because they're like i well we have a thing we need a thing let's ship the thing and we say okay well what quality would you like to see of that? How much rework do you want to get done, Brian? Are we? Is it? Is it just because you told someone that by the end of 2017 we'd have this, we'd have this thing done? And they're like, well, we'll just MVP it, right? Let's just do like something small. Well, what does that mean? Does it mean it's again? Does it mean it's quality work? Does it mean it's? Oh, it means that the UI is wireframed. Does it mean that? What do you mean when you say prototype, right? Do you how much of the data do you need? That is it need to be production? Does it need to be tests? Like what do we and they don't they they don't once you get into the weeds of that, that's when they get bogged down and they go, Oh, see, this is why we don't do agile, right? And you can say, Oh, so at the end of seventeen we want to deliver X. Now you realize if we maintain that pace and we deliver the first quarter of 2018, you won't be able to do jack shit because we will have accumulated so much debt that no one will be, would be willing to touch any piece of the code because it's going to break. And then your your whole 2018 feature roadmap is out the window. We can, we can come back to this principle to say, right, this is not a steady pace. This is not sustainable work. We need to build in time to do any number of things that from a pure sponsor point of view seems like non-value adding in the short term, things that are almost second nature to a mature team, CI, CD, automated testing, automating all the things. And the sponsor, the business, the users, they don't necessarily see that stuff it's not a feature they can touch, play with, use, but it does add to, it's part of the process that the whole ecosystem needs to respect yeah. to maintain sustainability and, and steady pace indefinitely. I, I don't know how we make that visible. I don't know how we make that valuable. You're referring to all the illities. Quite simply, we could just say, well, make everybody get into the room and have a conversation about this equally. Um, that's harder sometimes than it seems or, or, or more trouble than it's worth to some organizations. And they say, just go deal with it, right? Just tell me what this means. You can use patent story mapping technique to, to show all the things that need to get done. The more visible you make everything, right? Or, and, and force everybody to look at each other eye to eye and say, what do you mean, Mr. Architect, that we need to budget 20% of our backlog for things like security and performance and sustainability and reliability and things of that nature. What do you mean we have to spend the first two iterations building a, a CD pipeline that's got all the gimmicks and tricks and stuff? What do you mean we need to do all that? Why can't I have X? That's, that's what so often when I'm sitting down with leadership, 
uh, in fact, the, the program I just got finished coaching, they said, we, we really expected to see more in the first, like we, we thought we were going to get going much faster than it. It took much longer to get started than we thought. And I said, well, why do you feel like it took longer? And they thought, well, you know, we, we thought that, you know, you did a bunch of interviews and you sat down to talk with us and, and we kind of came up with an experiment we just figured like, okay, we'll just sit down and start doing it. And then in two, three weeks, it'll just be working. Right. Like, like, what do you mean we can't get going faster? Well, okay, I should have probably sat everybody down. I said, this is what it looks like. And we have to do that in our teams. If, cause if we don't, you're going to, we're going to be immediately behind. The project's going to be yellow or, you know, if we go back to the whole red, yellow, green principle, right? Yeah. We got a podcast on that one. We can have a whole nother debate. Don't toss watermelons. That's the TLDR for that one. If you don't force each other to look everybody in the face, visualize the work, right? Th those are the processes that it says that it's speaking to here when they say promote sustainable development, right? I agree. And one of the things I struggle with in that same sort of environment you just described is building in room for free time and relaxation, room for exploration and development that indirectly and long-term produces value for the business. What are some of the things that you've uncovered that, that help in the conversation, similar to the one you just described, where your your stakeholders and sponsors says, gosh, I thought you'd be a lot further than you are right now on Sprint 3, Chris. What's going on here? How do we build that long-term perspective? That this, this is... And, and again, you can't go to faulty metaphors of this is a marathon. It's not. Marathon has an end. So you, you mentioned this infinite game kind of kind of principle. My ex-wife's family, they're not they're not the competitive type. You know, I grew up I grew up in a you know West Texas family where we where everything is a game and everything's got a winner and a loser and there were no participation trophies when I was a kid, right? But they had this um, they pulled this thing out of the closet when I first uh, was introduced to them and it's called the Ungame and it was it was developed in the seventies by by these uh, by these filthy hippies that probably you and I hang out with now. And this idea was, is there was no start, there was no start line, there was no finish line. You just kept playing until you just, and there were questions and maybe you'd move forward and maybe you'd move backward. And, but it, it didn't really matter where you were on the board, just where you were was the kind of card that you picked. And, and I thought that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like that sounds like the stupidest way to spend time. But in a way that concept is the environment that we're trying to build, which is it, we're, who cares how far down the roadmap we are? Like just where we are is where we are and what we need to do is what we need to do. Regardless of how open-minded or freewheeling hippie you are, I think that that concept is lost on us as humans, especially if you're talking about the sponsors of this piece, right? They, they need to have their roadmap advance. They need to have their metrics improved. They need to have all these things because budget is being allocated for this work and I'll be damned if I'm not going to make it look like we're doing good because if it's if we're not progressing, like why am I making all this money, right? Are you heading down the path of incompatibility? I mean, I'm, I was smiling for a while and it turned to a frown because inherently the gold owners, the sponsors, they've got a bottom line responsibility. Mm -hmm. They've got shareholders, board of directors, market forces, stock prices yeah. to be responsible for and something to hit. They they aren't looking at 
infinity. They're looking at the end of the quarter. I will say this. Um, there are some companies that are truly starting to see the value in breaking things into smaller chunks, right? So I'm, I'm, like Companies are starting to take, instead of a yearly budget and these yearly planning conferences that they do, they're starting to break them up into quarterly budget reviews and or monthly budget reviews like that's those are the crazy out companies of like okay this you know next month's budget we have you know these you know these number of teams allocated towards these strategic objectives kind of a thing i mean that's one of the things that i actually appreciate about scaled agile what they do is they've managed to they've managed to take the work and they've managed to quantify it into this fixed firm flexible stage of what let's look at the next quarter how can we how can we fund the right epics and and teams to get the work done right well that's scary to so many people because they're like well i have to use all my budget or i won't get that budget next month or i won't get it for the next, i won't get it for the next year leadership is not leadership is not motivated by tech debt leadership is not motivated by by a sustainable like but to them sustainable means I, I am using all the funds being allocated to me. I'm, I'm using, you know, and this is the, the dreaded R word, all my resources are being used appropriately. And as a result, I'm adding to the bottom line and I'm achieving the, the goals of everything. None of that is represented in this principle a single bit because that's them in their own little ivory tower, so to speak, right? This principle says those sponsors come down from Olympus right. and have a conversation with developers and users and they say, how do we make sure that we are optimized for the work that you all want to get done? Let's visualize it. Let's talk together. Heck, why can't we all be in the same room together? Hey, users, here's the business people. Hey, developers, here's the stuff that they're building for you. Like That's a crazy concept. I feel like we've been futzing around this, just kind of venting for a while. Is there, is this a, is, is this, is this principle worded well? Is it do you feel like that the message is lost and we need to need to improve it? Is it just not being are we are we not teaching the principle well? Like where where's the where do you see the failure with this principle being used effectively in the market today? Some of the gaps we've talked about, and I'll recap them as we read through it one more time. Agile processes promote sustainable development. Okay, that's pretty clear. The sponsors, there's a gap there. Developers, I think, get it. It's obvious what happens when we hit burnout creatively or in life. Users, big question there we haven't really talked about in the Agile community at length in the context of this principle, should be able to maintain a constant pace indefinitely. And I, and I love your approach of, no, it's not stable. Sometimes you're redlining, but you're backing off. Predictable. Yeah, the sponsors and the users need some predictability. And, and maybe it's encapsulated better in a steady pace. The important part is sustainable and indefinite, which, which brings it into this infinite game. And there's this collision, I think, with users' expectations as well as our sponsors' expectations. The culture that our sponsors are in that they have shareholders, stakeholders, they have yeah. metrics they need to hit. And that's where some of the tension comes from. I think the principle for me holds. It's pretty, it's strong. It fits pretty well with all the other ones that we try to reflect on every day when we hit some of these tensions. And it brings to light more conversations that we have to mm -hmm. have with our sponsors mostly 
about what it means to be sustainable and to operate at a steady pace indefinitely without consequences. I love your analogy of, of taking a high performance machine slash team and redlining it, but you can't hold it there for long. You will explode. You will seize a piston. You will lose team members. You will build technical debt. You'll piss off your users. And suddenly your indefinite becomes a definite. Man, you hit some, there, there was so much of what you said that was genius. I, I, I would say that if there was a word that I felt that was missing, I think in the second sentence, I, I feel like what we've been describing, and it, this just kind of came to me, so I'm not sure if this makes sense or not, but I feel like the word together should be used, right? The sponsors, developers, and users together should be able to maintain a constant pace indefinitely, right? Like, can we, can we all have a conversation to say, what does sustainable sound like to you? What is sustainable development? Okay. Is it a technical piece? It is, is it a, um, is it a, uh, a, a, a lean Kanban method of, of business requests? What does constant pace? What is indefinite sound like? When do we, when do we inspect and adapt in this piece, which again, which, which we get to later on, right? So if we're doing all these things, if we're doing all these principles and then stopping at the end with number 12 and inspecting and adapting, like, can, like, what does it look like? Is this, is it, is this sustainable? Is what we're doing sustainable? Have we broken anything? Are we taxing? Maybe the team, like maybe we get, you mentioned a high performing team. Maybe the developers are moving too fast to keep up with sponsors requests. Colleen tells a story of that in one of her conference talks about the teams got so optimized that business couldn't keep up with their, the needs to feed them work, right? Maybe the users, maybe the users are fine with the work they have. Maybe the users are fine with just maybe stabilizing the site a little bit. You know, they, they don't, they don't like 404s or, you know, or when the, when the load time is increased because of all this extra bloat we've got added in here, maybe we should slim down the, maybe there's features that they're not using. We could take out and, and, and unify the code base a little bit. Maybe developers are taxed too much and sponsors need to slow down. Like some of, all of those pushes and pulls and sliders that we use have to be together in the same room. Otherwise it's not going to be optimized. I think that's perfect. And it, and it reminds me of a, of a bias that I fall into is I look at principles occasionally in isolation. If you pull them back and your word together reminds me to pull them back and look at all 12 as a holistic unit and you come back to number four, daily business collaboration. Business people and mm-hmm. developers must work together daily throughout the project. And yeah. it reinforces this principle. When when the developers are saying, this is not sustainable, you realize this is the fourth week we've done 80 hours. Number six, where you got have to have face-to-face conversation, right? So maybe if we're, if sponsors developing users are having face-to-face conversation um, together, maybe we can understand that. You know, and of course you move a couple principles down there and, and then you've got some simplicity, right? How can we, how can we take it our, our constant pace and, and make it simple, maximize the amount of work not done, right? How do we do that? All of that, all of that adds together. The face-to-face is a beautiful piece and, and thanks for bringing that back in. So if the developers have worked all night and they drag their tired butts in at, you know, 1030, bleary-eyed and with rings around their eyes, the business owners can see it. Similarly, 
when the business people show up stressed to the max because they're getting hammered by the hierarchy that says you're not meeting your numbers this yeah. th- this month, um, you see that stress expose. So they all add together. They don't work in isolation. It's a good chat. Oh, horse gals challenge, man. Reword the verse. Eight maids of milking. <laughs> don't stall for time with laughter. Eight team members burnt out. <laughs> Eight team members figures for the coding. <laughs> oh my god. That's it. I hate Jay. I hate Jay too, but I love him as well. Damn him and his challenges. We'll throw this back to Jay. Jay, Jay, you reword it, please. We we love you. We love you and we hate you. He's Andy Clef. I'm Chris Merman. Thanks for joining us. <laughs>